Where does he block? Does he block high? Does he block low? Here it comes. Kyle Busch to the middle. Shooting a gap. No help with Kyle Busch. Oh, Suarez right alongside him. Three wide. Look at this. Here they come to the flag. Three abreast. Photo finish. I think it's Blaney. Unbelievable. Three wide finish. Have you ever seen anything like that? Scoring. Scoring has the margin between the first three cars at 0.00 seconds. (laughs) How awesome was that? Wild. And I thought Blaney won too. Welcome to Racing Radio. Uh, second second race recap. And man, we couldn't have got asked for a better start to the season. I'm just elated. Like that was a great race. The end, I was the only end I was hoping for because I was going to come on and be thrilled about this of how exciting a race was. Just, just don't under caution. Let there be a finish at the line. Don't let there be any damper at the end of this. Well, not only did we get a finish at the line, we had first and third separated by 0.00 three or seven seconds, like the closest from first to third of all time. I I mean, Justin, this is, to me, the second best finish in NASCAR history, only to Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch uh, at Darlington, you know, in 04, 05, or whenever that was. That was was nuts. That was thrilling from start start to finish. That was amazing. And congrats to Daniel Suarez for pulling it off. Yeah, yeah, that that was really awesome. It was just an awesome race, too. It wasn't even just... An awesome finish. An awesome race was capped off by a legendary historic finish that's literally going to be talked about for a very, very long time. And it is going to be talked about with like John Johnson and Carl Edwards uh, in the Scots 99 uh, back in the mid 2000s. Uh, it's going to be talked about up there with Harvick and Gordon at Atlanta. Obviously, that Harvick win means a lot more than the Suarez win. And then, obviously, you mentioned I think just the best finish of all time, at least in the like in this kind of modern 2000s era of Ricky Craven uh, and Kurt Busch at Darlington. Yeah, man. But as somebody who, especially last week, we were talking about, ah, it's a good race, but we didn't get the finish. You didn't even get the finish. And as somebody who's been a NASCAR fan for a long time now and somebody you know some sometimes you get a really great finish but not a great race sometimes you get a great race and then you don't even get a finish the fact that this race like we're it is 738 you know the race ended maybe about an hour ago and we're saying to ourselves this is a race that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives awesome and i can't remember the last time that we said that about a nascar race like this yeah i mean it was just while like again if this finish doesn't happen we're talking about a great race anyway oh, yeah. right and i know there's been a lot of bitching about atlanta but i don't understand why that continued after you know the last race there you know last summer was amazing right the finish that you know this that whole race was awesome and then this one again start to finish and you get a like that's going to be the best race of the year obviously if we're comparing it to like the all-time greats you know from from our lifetime you know, if you're if you're bringing up a finish with Kevin Harvick at Atlanta and Ricky Craven at Darlington, you yeah. are you are witnessing a, a historic event. I, like I thought Ryan Blaney won that, right? I was like, I think it's Blaney. I think it's Blaney, but I didn't know, right? And you know, there, that was the first finish where I just didn't know, right? Even if it's like the closest margin, you're still like, I'm pretty sure he got him by hair. You had no clue, and not only did I not know, but I had the the wrong win with Swords. This is a huge win for Swords, which will which we'll talk about, but I mean, just even, you know, 20, 30 laps before, like Austin Sendrick goes four wide in the straightaway. And like, that's insane. Right. Or in the, it was, in the, it was 50 to go in the trial. Yeah. Like that's insane. Right. And then Kyle Bush takes it four wide through the entire corner. It's like, I can't believe they got through a whole corner. Mm-hmm. Well, Martin Truex next. 
yeah, Martin Truex, the next corner, takes it four wide. It's like, how the hell are they not wrecking? And then, you know, Chase Briscoe, you know, was, you know, I, I take notes during the races for this show now. And my most previous note was like, Chase Briscoe is racing like a madman. And he ended up, you know, wrecking himself. Yeah, and, five and laps later, he wrecks. Yeah, ends up wrecking himself and Blaney. But, man, that was, that was awesome for Swords, right? He had the advantage because Blaney uh, didn't block you know, and allowed Kyle Busch to, you know, get underneath him. And then Suarez was able to use that side draft and he just had all that momentum. Cause it, I mean, it looked like coming to turn one, two, that Blaney was going to be able to block both lanes and, you know, and take a, not an easy win, but take a win at it. And Suarez was just made the perfect move to pull to the outside side draft, keep it tight and, and pull that off. I want to go back to the, to the four wide stuff. That, that was 50 to go, 50 to go. It wasn't 20 to go. It wasn't 10 to go. It wasn't five to go. It was 50 to go. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to, this was a note that I had last week about Daytona, but I feel like it was, it's on steroids this week in at Atlanta. Yeah. They wrecked a couple times. And I know lap, lap two, you know, they, they had the big wreck that took out a lot of field, but still cr- credit to these cars, to the new car that they've made. That these cars that you know you could tape them up and then boom they're they're ready to go right back out on that track that they could still race and that was a criticism of the old car is that any kind of damage that they took any kind of damage that they took you're done the car was done so the thought that I had last week and it definitely mirrors this week is man it, it, it the average person doesn't see it and me, even us sitting at home bobby we've never driven any of these cars we we don't really we can't really grasp how difficult it is to drive and it does kind of just look like oh well you know they're just turning left turning left turning left it is so difficult think of when you're driving on the highway bobby we're going 80 90 miles an hour and it's a windy day in florida it's a windy day in jersey and then you drive behind like a a tractor trailer truck right the car your, your your car will like whoa like you know <laughs> you got to you got to hold on to it a little bit and i know that's it's such a minor example but the just the momentum of especially for how draggy these cars are and how these cars are so influenced by air they're so influenced by the draft these guys are going 3 wide 4 if you go 4 wide at Talladega we're all going holy shit hold on they're going four wide in a mile and a half for an entire lap and holding on to it. They're holding on to it, Bobby. So these cars are really tough to drive. They're not wrecking every lap. The racing was awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff by these drivers. Like it, it I, I want to be, it's not just a draw. Obviously it's a sport where we're, we're, we're rooting for drivers to win and lose. Right. But it's also a sport where now, as I've gotten older, I want to be entertained. I was so entertained by the product really over the last two weeks, but especially this was a historic race. You're muted. You're muted. Fox was putting this graphic up of, you know, cars not involved in the wreck. Mm-hmm. And you look at that like, wow, only seven. Well, guess what? Chase Briscoe and Josh Berry in there. They never updated the graphic. I mean, five, you know, five guys uh, weren't involved in the wreck. Todd Gillen had a tire go down. So four people who didn't like have issues, two of them, you know, made it to the line. Uh, but Daniel Suarez was the one that was Kyle Busch wound up getting a penalty too. So, you know, the whole, uh, Oh, you can't drive back, you know, go back. These cars can't move and these guys can't drive them. Kyle Busch went, went to the back and then back to the front, like twice, twice this race. So he wasn't involved in a wreck, but he had to go back a couple times. Let's talk about it from Daniel Suarez's point of view. Yeah. Because, you know, we did our preview and we talked about how like the heat is on Daniel Suarez, right? You know, they have uh, Zane Smith driving full-time in Cup as, like, an alliance with Spire, right? Like, he was signed to Trackhouse, not Spire, and, and Spire is working with them. Shane Van Gisbergen, right, wins Chicago, 
like a star in the supercars. He finished third, right? So you're thinking, like, if this if this finish doesn't happen for Suarez, right? You're talking about, you know, if you're if you're interested in track house rumors, like, man, SVG finished third and his third time on a, on an oval track, and we're talking about and Suarez's job may still be in jeopardy. He does have to play finish this season, you know, be competitive throughout this all season. But he's but in to, the playoffs. I mean, that's to be the locked main in the thing. playoffs, yeah. And he's and he's not just a one off at Atlanta. He finished second in the last race here. He finished, had another top five. Uh, he, I think he's had two other top five or top tens here. This is going to be the first race of the playoffs, right? Where he has not, now is going to be expected to race up toward the front and keep it clean. Uh, like this is this is huge for him because his job is was and is in jeopardy, and for him to be able to pull this off to you know use that side draft and have have a win at an oval too, not just at you know a road course of Sonoma, get a second career win. Is huge and just for his career. There's a lot of one race winners in NASCAR history, but once you get to two, like I know it sounds so little, but you do put yourself as part of history. It's like I won more than one fluke race or one road course specialist race. I've I've won two different NASCAR races. Like it's just a huge moment for his career in general. Yeah, for sure. I had him in the playoffs, uh, and I, I, I said uh, it was just it was just last Thursday where I was like, I, I think Daniel Suarez, and it was like basically when I was making my playoff bracket, it was like, is it going to be Daniel Suarez or Bubba Wallace? Those were like the two drivers that I basically pinned it down to, and I could obviously still see Bubba winning a race, but I was like, I think Daniel Suarez is much closer of putting a product together of start to finish of winning a race than than Bubba Wallace is. Um, and he did it. I mean, it, it, it was it certainly certainly wasn't pretty. And you mentioned his track record at Atlanta. I think he's one of the five best drivers at, at, at this new Atlanta. I think William Byron's really good. He 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 has multiple wins. Um, I think Dan, you know Daniel Suarez, Ryan Blaney, um, and Corey LaJoy is another really good one at this kind of new Atlanta. I'm probably forgetting one or two drivers, but Suarez is really good. And you know, you not only you know, he's the two time NASCAR winner now, but he's literally etched in history by you know winning this historic race. Yeah, and for just the like, the the next winner is just Atlanta, right? They were struggling to keep people in the seats. They configured the track. There's a lot of bitching because there is a lot of great races in the past at Atlanta, right? Dale Earnhardt over Bobby Labonte, and then Carvick basically repeating the same thing over Jeff Gordon. You know, Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon sliding all over the track. Uh, you know, in the in the late two thousand, uh, the late aughts or whatever you called them. Uh, you know, Carl Edwards over Jimmy Johnson. Like, this track has created a lot of finishes, but they weren't pulling. This is going to become, like, a must-watch event, and it's huge yeah. for the sport. You know, the ratings obviously were bad because they raced the 500 on a Monday, but it was a good race for those who watched and were a new fan coming off the Netflix series. And I love the decision to put these two races back-to-back to start the season. Like, give – you know, you weren't exactly – you're not going to get this finish every time, but you're going to get tight, exciting <laughs> – racing and that's what and that's what they got i mean like I, i'm still like in awe of the finish but i'm I'm still just as much in awe as like them you know being able to survive four wide and chase briscoe ended up wrecking himself but he was racing like every corner is like chase briscoe's just diving in there and hoping yeah for the best and ended up getting him at the end but just like a huge win for nascar atlanta daniel swartz i mean basically everyone involved except for ryan blaney and kyle bush yeah yeah, like we we actually we we texted each other. It's like, well, we're this is a this is the race that we need to go to next. Um, now, now here's the thing. I, I think it's the it's not in July. Last year was in July. It's the first race of the playoffs this year, which I think is football season for us. And then but it could I, might be 
the week before week one. The, the oh, little we got to check week. on that because that the it it almost feel it, I actually like it better in September than July because dude, and I, and I, and I, you saw this. I think you even saw this last week at Daytona. Uh, it's I the first think, week of the NFL season. Ah, oh, shit. But but anyway, I I just think these tracks when they're cool and they're not. 130 degrees 120 degrees you know i don't necessarily know it's really really hot but i mean the track at, at green flag the track temperature was like 90 degrees and then it went down to you know went down even further than that and that's why i think you're able to see this type of racing where guys are going and they're sliding all around and they car, drivers feel like they have the overall control of the car is because the the sun goes down and you know the track the track is cool you're gonna get that this time of year so um, but they even race that one at night because of the heat, right? So you're still like, obviously, right. it's going to be hotter, but you're still going to get, you know, them be able to race some good grip. And you saw guys be able to pass in that that race there last summer, too. So um, just thrilling, right? Like, I have all these pages of notes, but it really just goes down to like four wide, the the crazy finish. I mean, just just nuts from start to finish. Who do you, who do you think was the best all day? And, and maybe they could have ended up wrecking out. Um, you know, but Cindric to me looked really good from all day, and and then Kyle Busch was you know able to come back from a lap down, charge back to the front. I mean, there was a lot of guys who who looked really good, but hey, Suarez was able to. Suarez was always like right right up there though. Yeah, I thought um, I mean, how, how McDowell how that team was able to recover that car. Todd Gillen gets, actually probably the he, best. He yeah. gets an eighth place finish, but I was going to say Gillen and over McDowell. McDowell just finished in eighth, and he finished in front of him, but. I thought Gilliland had Gilliland's had two really impressive races back to back, and it's going to be interesting to see now that now that we're going to go to more of a you know the conventional mile and a half, and you're, it's not a super speedway drafting track. Now that they go to Las Vegas, how you know how is the, how are those teams going to look? But I I even think that they're carrying a little bit little front row motorsports. They're carrying a little bit of momentum, you know, even with some of the more normal conventional tracks. So I'm really interested to see how they do after they've had two really strong cars to uh to start the season but i thought gilliland was he was he was even blocking really well too he would get shifted back there but then he would come right back up to the front he was able to There's... pass under under the, i mean a lot of guys were able to pass on the bottom of the restarts and pick guys off but he was able to like pass guys on the inside and like you said like michael mcdowell's had really not some of it not bad luck he did lock up his brakes but like he would have been a contender at daytona yeah you know obviously but then he you know had the the engine problem you know, and then him winning that pole and Gillian qualified fourth too. Like, obviously, you, you know, it could go south for the rest of the season. But with their new alliance with Ford making them a tier one team, like, I don't, I don't think that team's so far away from being, you know, not not going to say a contender for titles, but like, you know what, we've seen other teams come up pretty quick, and maybe they're having their long drawn out, and and they'll be up at the RKF and or you know, not Penske, but. Maybe maybe get up towards there, even though that's jumping the gun a little bit. Got to see it more at the yeah. the non drafting tracks. Todd Gilland had the best quote um, about the race. It's like going to a haunted house. You know, it's fun, but I'm scared for my life at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I can I am still shocked. I know we said it. Like I was like, I can't believe Austin Stitcher goes four wide, and I'm like, um, you got to get you got to clear this before you get into the corner. And it's like, oh, he cleared it, and Kyle Busch followed the way, and they were able all to make it stick and make it stick. They're for good another, drivers, and I, and I, I again, I find it to be crazy, Bobby. I don't think because of they took the power out of the car, right? 
they that's what they did with this new car. They took the power out of the car. And I think that's why you're seeing the type of race that you're seeing in Atlanta. Number one with the repave. And then also number two with the new car, you're seeing the type of super speedway racing at a mile and a half track, which isn't, you know, it's like your brain, your brain doesn't compute that if you're, if you're a lifelong NASCAR fan. So I really don't think that they have control of the cars because of how reliant they are on the air and the draft and the, the phrases draggy that I keep hearing. Um, sketchy sketch that was the on Sirius XM NASCAR radio all week that's the phrase that I heard that the drivers kept describing the describing the cars as sketch and they don't practice anymore remember when we were growing up you would go to the track you could sit all day in the stands if you wanted on a Thursday or a Friday where they practice 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 hour and a half hour sessions of practice for the Cup Series, the Bush Series, the Truck Series. You could sit all day in the stands, and then Friday they qualify. Saturday, you know, they whatever. Happy, happy hour. Remember happy hour on Saturday for, that, for the Cup Series? You could sit in the stands. They don't practice anymore. So the fact that these Especially drivers... Not for these tracks. No, and the, so the fact that... I'm sorry I'm going on, but the fact that these drivers have this much control of the cars and they're able to drive them this well and not wreck each other like you see some of the lower series do, it's awesome. It's it's unbelievable. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, they're but even like the, I mean, they're running one eighty miles per hour. You know, not li- you know they're lifting a little bit, but like not having to lift around a mile and a half. It's it's what it's like. And I'm not I'm not advocating for this, but you know, there's probably like mile and a half track, maybe even like Texas, someone who's like like is going to see this yeah. and want to going to want to advocate. Like I want that. Like how, mm-hmm. how come they? They get that, and we don't, right? And I don't and want Texas the whole series turning into that at all. Uh, but like, you have to look at that at what Atlanta did, and it was bitched about and moaned of like, "Oh, they're ruining my track," you know. While people aren't getting in the stands, and I don't, I don't, you know, there's still good tracks with no people in the stands. Fontana, we lost Fontana. That's you know always a, a great race mm-hmm. that they've lost with with nobody in the stands, but. They're getting a great race, and to be able to mix this in with just not Daytona and Talladega is a is a huge win for NASCAR, and I think they should keep it like that. Um, and it was one of those races where people were wrecking, and it was not like it wasn't a bitch fest about how they're wrecking. Like it was good racing no. outside of the first wreck; they were able to keep most of the other cars pretty clean, and and even in within that first wreck, you had all those people involved. You know, those guys were all competing at at the end, and, and yeah. you know, involved for it too. Um, so, I mean, uh, any other guy, like what, a, what a week from hell for Stuart Haas, uh, you know, Briscoe wrecks out years. with, with a, with a strong car. And then, uh, Gragskin, uh, Noah Gragson and, uh, and Ryan Priest, uh, you know, had the, uh, let me pull it up. They had the, they're going to, they had their, what were they called? The roof rail deflectors confiscated for you know not passing tech on those now it won't be a, as harsh a penalty as they got last year because it's not the the single source part where it's, you know this is the part you have to use you can't modify it you can't use it it's you know, it's team provide it's team created uh, parts uh but those guys are going to start in a hole um especially after Gregson was able to get a top 10 i know he wrecked in this one uh and then you know a car that could should have been in the top five at least and ryan like i i want to hear the ryan briscoe uh, or Chase Briscoe interview because, like, I want to know, like, what was your mindset? Because it was every corner. It's like, I'm just diving this thing in there. I'm just, I'm not letting off. I'm finding any hole I can and I'm putting it in there. 
And you knew when he was the guy who went four wide that it was going to end up in a wreck. As soon as like they made the other guys survive, for, the other guys were able to survive four wide. As soon as you saw Briscoe go four wide, you knew that was this over. was it. And it uh, took out Hamlin with him. It was Jover. Um, you mentioned the Stored Haas guys. One, one, the team that I want to talk about, I guess the manufacturer that I want to talk about, I know a lot of them were involved in the wreck to wreck. Like you had uh, you had Reddick involved and Christopher Bell were involved early on. Toyota hasn't necessarily shown a lot of speed back-to-back super speedways to start. And it's been Ford that's shown the speed and then Chevy that's shown the performance. And even though Ford has been, I would say, the most dominant manufacturer, well, they're coming away with first two weeks with zero wins because you have two Chevys winning. Any worry about Toyotas over the first two weeks at super speedways? You're muted. No, no, I'd have to see it next week. Uh, I think they've had some bad luck. I mean, even Bubba was able to come fight back for a top five with, you know, his split. His splitter was all mashed up too, and him yeah. being able to perform. Truex was at the front uh, for the whole race. And Denny then fought back, shuffled out. Um, yeah, Denny Han was up there, and then like you mentioned, Reddick and Bell, their other competitor. You know, their other top competitors uh, were out. And then, I mean, outside of that, who else are you asking to compete from? Right. Toyota, none of the, none of the legacy guys, um, and I mean that that's basically that's basically it. So I I don't I don't have any worry with them. Um, They're just not fast. I, I guess that's the main takeaway. I mean I, I think Truex is a really good driver, and they eventually found it. Um, Denny Hamlin's obviously I picked him to win those race. So it was a bad it was a bad pick to be honest because Toyota has I don't think Toyota's won a race at the new Atlanta yet. Um, could be lying with that but i i don't think on the top of my head so i think the next super speedway race that we have is talladega which is april 21st that's the next one yes i guess i guess that is something we can look out for a lot of guys came back i mean kyle bush came back from a lap down chastain was charging and then kind of stalled out towards the end of the race but he was moving well He, he obviously got in the chase elliott which created the wreck that gave bubba wallace the the free pass but then everyone took a you know got back on the lead lap because they weren't pitting or at least a lot of them weren't pitting um other notes that i might have had let's see uh again it was just good racing but the inside lane was able to work pretty well and they were race able to race three ride without you know you know they were able to keep it like most of the wrecks weren't like oh my gosh this is a product of this the product of it was like okay you would collect one or two because i mean keselowski he just spun out all by himself that was going to be the next driver that I brought up. Logano um, pissed me off. That block that he threw on Busher. No need. Yeah, it was like I, I, I get you're racing for stage points and stuff, but it was just not. There's not. There's it no was a wild that. block, and then you know it. Busher has to slow up, and when it slows up, it pulls his track, his car into the wall, and then ruins. You know, Busher was able to come back, but it ruined Logano's race. Like that was for Logano to have the luck in the beginning of the race to not even lose a lap with that penalty. Uh that he that he got was pretty dumb. Would, can you want to talk about the penalty? Oh, the gloves. Because at first I'm like, what? Like, how is this not just a hey, get new gloves thing? So I'm, I was waiting for like, there's got to be more to this. And then it comes out he was wearing webbed gloves. So if you know if you're new to NASCAR, most people that aren't watch, watching this aren't new to NASCAR. When they qualify because they're not having to control the vehicle like crazy, they will put their hands up against the window to have less air 
coming into the car and, and I saw him doing some I was actually I haven't watched a qualifying in a really long time. He they was always doing... do that at the super speedways. Um and he was and he was just using a web glove. I love the ingenuity. Uh and I'm I'm actually kind of like now hopefully he doesn't get any points penalty. That'd be crazy. But I feel like that is something that does deserve a slap on the wrist of like, hey, nice try. We've made a new rule. You can't do this anymore, Joey Logano. I feel like that shouldn't have been penalized unless that's what had happened in, in the past. But it's I, I love that ingenuity to be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you a webbed glove to run qualifying to, to you know, help. help. Like, no advantage will go, you know, no, no rock left, you know, Unturned. No stone unturned. No stone unturned. No like rock. Web finger gloves for Joey Gogano. Like I feel like that should be praised of that ingenuity, you know. And they NASCAR has always been about pushing the limits. That should be a hey, good job. We changed the rule, um, but they got him with the like it's not FPI certified or whatever. Because obviously, what their safety, they don't. They're not creating web gloves for the drivers. But two back to back weeks where. And Keselowski, where it's like Logano and Keselowski have two of the strongest cars. Fords, mm-hmm. right? You know, Keselowski hasn't you know, 100 wins races without a win now. Logano only got one win last year, and it's two like two like those were two of the strongest cars the last two weeks, and both mm-hmm. end up wrecking themselves out. Um, now the Daytona one wasn't either one of their faults, but still like two tough breaks for some four teams. Speaking of another four team, I. Ha- I was waiting for it to go bad, and he did end up spinning, but he finished 11th. He wrecked on the on that first wreck on the second or third lap. Harrison Burton was not just – didn't just like, oh, he lasted to finish 11th. He was running top five to 10 all day long, and it was – whenever that's happening, which is very rare, I'm just waiting for the bad thing to happen. And the yeah. bad thing happened, but he was still able to bounce back and get an 11th place finish. Um, you know, I know that's not some huge win. Um, Darlington's the next next track I'm watching for him to perform because the Burtons just kind of own that, have always have, have historically ran well there. Uh, but was was happy for my guy Harrison Burton because I was just waiting for it to go wrong. And he almost saved it in that in that one wreck, that second wreck, and I'm getting spin around. He probably would have been closer to the top five than eleventh if if he doesn't spin in that one. Your guy Burton surviving. <sighs> surviving. That's all you can ask. Hey, he's been involved in three wrecks for the first two races of the season and got, <laughs> got himself an eleventh place finish. I can, I Take can it. live, I can live with that. Now we're going to go to Las Vegas and we'll see if he's actually got. But what, what I like about Harrison this year is he's at least making moves. Like in the duels, when he had the chance to win, he made a move. In the past, it seemed like anytime he had a, any any like opportunity, he would freeze up. He would be mm-hmm. he would play it too passively or lose. Like I remember him leading Talladega last year, and he just spins. You know, and obviously he gets a bump, but he's just like too stressed out. Hopefully, now that he's got you know over seventy cup races under his belt, he's starting to get a little more confident because he's actually like making like earlier in the race he was going down and picking cars off one, you know, one by one by himself on the bottom. So, I think he's also in a mode of it's kind of now or never because if he doesn't get somewhat results, yeah, what what ride is he going to go into after Wood Brothers, Rick Ware? Yeah. Like, you know, I know his name and. The sponsorship behind them is going to give them opportunities, but but I feel like the the Wood Brothers is usually a stepping stone. Usually, like like a lot of drivers go. Yeah, and he's shown f- nothing that like okay, you've done you've done well here. No, and there's other drivers that are in the Xfinity series that 
I'm sure would love the opportunity to even even if even if it's a weird jump for them. Like you don't think like an Austin Hill would maybe like the opportunity to. It's, uh, it's basically become a Penske. Well, I mean they they essentially are part of Penske Motorsports, right? You they know, are. He's, he's in all their competition meetings and stuff. Yeah, uh, but they but did like, the same thing for Blaney. You know, the Blaney raced the twenty one. It's like, all right, well, you know, you showed you showed like you got something. You showed you were worth investing in. It's like, all right, come up to the come up to the twenty one. And and the the two car, but it's Cindric. I know he runs well at the super speedways, but the the two cars got something to prove this year too. So you know, you're talking about two two possible vacant seats for Penske. Um, there could be a lot of changes happening. There who who are some guys in the Ford bloodline that could be up there? I thought everyone thought it was going to be Zane Smith, and then he moved to Chevy with Trackhouse and and you know racing for Spire this year. Who he was running well, and then got himself into the wall and, and ruined his day. Like I mean, who who's in Ford's and the Xfinity that could like uh, make? Well, I mean, you have um the the winner last year, the the Xfinity Series champion last Cole year, Cole Custer. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean he's. Wonder how like ingrained in Stuart Haas he is, but maybe maybe that is you know him coming back to the cup through the Wood Brothers. That could be, that could be, and maybe you just Cole, get Cole Custer jump. could be hired as a. You could just get driver. someone to jump from. I mean, you know, Burton was with with uh, Joe Gibbs, so yeah, it Ryan Priest out of the forty one, and <laughs> someone Custer. has said Herps. I, I I hope not Herps. I don't I don't I don't think he's very good. Um. Yeah, uh, and anything else from the cup race? I do want to get off some some thoughts on the Xfinity and trucks really, really no, quickly. No, do it. No, do it. I, I, I want to keep this – I like keeping this around 30 to 35 minutes. So. Well, just Jesse Love, dude. I'm so excited for him. He's. I decided – like I watched him in Arca last year, won 10 of 20 races. I like that. I just like the – you know, this is – I like the look of the number two RCR wheeling yeah. car. It's you know, it's just cool. a good-looking car. And I was like, Jesse Love's going to be my guy this year. I'm going to plant my, you know, flag in the sand there. Quote, fucking Giants. Sure. I was like, I'm going to be a Jesse Love number two guy. I even like ordered his Arca car last year, um, and he dominated right and just ran out of gas. And Austin Hill wins back to back. But Jesse, I mean, Jesse Love has led more laps than Sheldon Creed did all of last year. And it wasn't like Sheldon Creed was a rookie last year in the same car. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the only guy to pass on the inside. That's credit to the, you know, the team. As much as it is Jesse Love, but I, I'm so excited to see how his rookie year goes because you know that two was right in it for a championship last year without winning a race. There's no reason Jesse Love couldn't put himself in there. We talked about SVG being third. You want to see it at a non-drafting track to right. really get excited about it. But Jeffrey Earnhardt top ten was nice. Did you see the Kyle Weatherman versus JJ Yaley's crew chief fight? No. Oh, no, you got to check know. the race and you got to check the race and radio chat because I sent the video. JJ Kyle Weatherman got in the JJ Yale and he spins and Yaley's on the radio saying, "Oh, he's going to need bail money because I'm knock I'm going to knock him out." He <laughs> said he better have pants on after the race because I'm going to find him, which is just a weird. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to have his pants on. Uh, pants him? Yeah, like I, I I don't know what that is. And then his crew uh, crew chiefs and crew members going to start fights is the most annoying shit in the world. Um, and they didn't, he just didn't do anything. He like went and sh- grabbed his collar and shoved him and Kyle Weatherman's just sitting there like, what, what are you, what are what are you doing? Um, I also think now that we all have radio access, one of my, to back up JJ Yaley, I hate judging guys off of their radio quotes. Like they're pissed off. They say stuff they may not mean in the moment, you know, even if it's their fault, 
you know, have you ever done something stupid and you blame something else very quickly in the moment, even though you knew it wasn't that thing or person's fault? You're also in your own world in that car. So. Yeah, so I don't like judging guys off of their radio uh, stuff. Trucks, Kyle Busch won. Um, you know, continues his lead. The only thing that pissed me off was Th- Thad Moffat, dude. Son of a bitch. Dude, goes and wrecks up, like, goes and does a horrible block on Jake Garcia. And then, I don't know if it was because he didn't have, he ran out of talent or the truck or whatever just runs down the track like it was jake garcia's fault like he was trying to wreck him and ruined a good day for jake garcia he was able to keep racing so just wanted to get that out there also quick diecast corner i ordered this a long time ago just happened to come in today nice but it's it's the specifically the race win kevin harvick you see all the you know the tire debris race win at atlanta so i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of those types of cars like race getting the race specific cars yeah, it's nice of it to come out then. So, all right, that's an episode of Racing Radio. Anything else, Justin? Before we go, that's it. Thrilling that's race, great start for this podcast to have the Daytona 500, which just has its natural buzz, and then you know a, a top five finish of all time, possibly. So, good stuff. We will uh, be back on Thursday, I think. Uh, maybe we'll talk with Stephen Toronto uh, of CBS Sports, who covers NASCAR. We'll, we'll we'll see how the second episodes of these. You know, if if we keep it at two, we'll see how it goes. Um, but this was this was very fun, and I'm I'm excited that we get to like I'm going to be thinking about this race all day tomorrow. I'm excited for it. So uh, appreciate you guys supporting. Uh, hey, this channel is small, so you're an A one from day one. See you then. Until then, let's go racing.